Welcome to our second session in the series Knowing the Father. Um, today, uh, in this session, I want to look at opening our heart to receive love. Because the heart is central to this revelation, this understanding of who the Father is to us. And I want to start with those, uh, that well-known prayer of Paul's in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 18. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Paul asks the glorious Father to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may get to know him better. He asks the Father to give us the very gift we need in order to know who he is. And that spirit of wisdom and revelation shows us that just as Paul has seen, it shows us too that God is the glorious Father. And he prays that we'd have the eyes of our heart would be open so that we would know the hope to which we've been called, which I believe is to know that we're sons and daughters. See, we need to see this with the eyes of our heart. This is not an intellectual understanding. This is a heart experience. Every significant relationship we have is in the heart with our, our wives, our husbands, our children, our close friends. It's a relationship of the heart. And our heart is touched um, with our love for one another. And it's the same, you know, our heart is touched as we begin to experience the Father's love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, it's, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And one of the questions people often ask me is, how do I get it from my head to my heart? You know, I know in my head that God loves me, but how does... How do I get it to drop from here to here? And, and I've actually learned that's the wrong question because Romans 5 verse 5 does not say he pours his love into our minds in the hope that one day it might drop into our hearts. No, he pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And as our hearts are transformed by the power of his love, our mind will automatically be renewed. It works that way around rather than the other way around. Romans 10 verse 10 says it's with your heart you believe and are saved. You see, the heart is so central. And the love that we are talking about is, it's, it is a real substance. You know, if you've got um, a jug with nothing in it and a glass with nothing in it and you pour nothing out of nothing into nothing, you get nothing. But if you've got a jug full of water and you pour that water into the empty glass, the glass is filled up 
with the very same substance that is in the jug. And that's what, it is. That's what Romans 5 verse 5 is describing. The very substance of who the Father is. And we know that God is love. He is the perfect expression of love. He pours his nature, his character and his personality into our hearts. He pours himself. He is love. He pours love into our hearts and we receive the undiluted, unchanged nature and personality and character of our Heavenly Father. We receive who he is being poured into our hearts. His love is a substance. And it's poured into our hearts. And as it's poured into our hearts, our hearts are transformed. Now, although the heart is central, and although it's essential for us to understand that that's the, the resting place of his love, we also have to understand that there are major blockages and hindrances to us receiving his love you know some of us because of our experience with our earthly parents it's been difficult to receive love and so we see God the Father through that same filter through the dirty fuzzy lens and maybe we're maybe we're fearful of receiving love because what we thought was love in the past has been abusive has been manipulative has been controlling that's not love that's a wrong impression of what we think love is, but it's not love. But that creates a fear or a barrier to us opening our hearts to receiving the Father's love. And we're going to look at some of those hindrances and some of those blockages in some of the other sessions. Um, because we, we can get through those and we can begin to open our hearts to receive love. It might take courage, it might take faith, but as we do, it will transform us. You see, God has always loved us. He's always been our father. There's never been a moment when he's not loved us. You see, it's not his ability to love us, love us that's ever in question, but it's our ability to receive that love. And so we want to clear out the rubbish that's in our heart in order to be able to receive. Ephesians 4 verse 17 to 19 says, don't be like the Gentiles who try to come at this with the futility of their minds. And Paul writes there that their hearts have been hardened, their thinking has been darkened because they're coming at it from the wrong way. They're trying to intellectualize it and that prevents them receiving. And that's a big hindrance. If we try to intellectualize love, we are unable to receive it. You see, it's not an intellectual thing. It's a heart thing. It's a connection. It's a relationship. It's a flow of life. You see, the heart is central. In John chapter 4, verse 14, when Jesus meets a woman at the well, he offers her living water. He says, I've got something that will change your life. And that's the same invitation for each one of us. You know, the Father is saying, I've got something that will change your life forever. But yet, you see, our heart is very sensitive. It's easily wounded. It's easily hurt. It's easily challenged. You know, we see that so clearly in, in the wilderness. Just after Jesus' baptism, he, was, he went into the wilderness. He was there for 40 days fasting, being with his Father. But then Satan comes to tempt him. And those three temptations uh, are challenging Jesus' heart. You know, if you're the son of God, 
if you're the son of God, you know, don't worship God, but worship me, Satan says. You know, he's challenging Jesus's heart. He's challenging Jesus's relationship with the Father. And Jesus is so secure in who he is, he just tells Satan where to go. He says, you know, go away, you've got nothing on me. Now, you know, we can easily arrive at the wrong conclusion about our hearts. You know, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says the heart is deceitful. Ezekiel 11, 19 says we've got a heart of stone. You know, Matthew 12 verse 34 says out of the heart the mouth speaks. You know, and we can just focus on those and it, it appears like it's not good news. But it's not the whole story. Because the, 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 the full story is... The father saying, I'm going to put a new heart in you, a heart of flesh. You know, I'm going to transform you and I'm going to bring life out of you because I'm going to pour life into you. And so the, the, the complete story that we need to look at, that we need to understand is a transformation of our heart. And that transformation comes about by his love being poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. King David knew this. He says in Psalm 86, verse 11, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. See, sometimes we get to the place where it's hard to, to trust. It's hard to believe. We, we think, does God really love me? You know, and we, we begin to lose hope and things feel difficult and challenging. But yet, David, like David, we can come to that place of saying, yeah, I feel hopeless, but Father, I'm going to rely on your faithfulness. You know, Lamentation says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. You see, the, the truth is God never changes. You know, we might go through challenges, difficult times, difficult seasons, but God the Father never changes. And he says, I will pour my love into your heart. And that's, you know, something that we can come back to. You know, in Lamentations chapter three, the guy's having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month. Life is hopeless, he's losing hope. But suddenly he remembers something. It's like, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. He remembers something and that begins to rekindle hope and life with inside him. And what he remembers is the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and we can come back to that time and time again the steadfast love of the lord never ceases and if you're going through a bad day and a, or a bad time in your life let me just encourage you to have hope not in your own ability but in his unfailing love for you and just simply ask again i just often put my hand on my heart and say father will you pour your love into my heart now you know just a simple prayer that we can say daily, hourly, minutely, you know, Father, here I am, pour your love into my heart. See, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for calamity, plans to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You see, when we, dis when we search and desire with all of our hearts, we will find him 
and we will be satisfied. When our heart finds home in him and we allow him to make his home in our heart, John 14, verse 23, we are satisfied, we are at peace. It is well with our souls. You know, that's why Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 27, you know, to guard your heart because it's the wellspring, the source of life. See, our heart is easily challenged, it's sensitive, it's easily wounded. You know, it's like very often other people trample over it with great heavy boots and we're wounded, we're hurt. And, you know, we open the door for all sorts of other stuff to come into our heart and we start to lose our way. We start to lose our peace. And Solomon says, no, 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 guard your heart because it's the source of life. You know, a guarded heart is very, very different to a closed heart. You know, people often ask me, what's the difference between a closed heart and a guarded heart? And I like it simple. And simple for me is a guarded heart a guarded heart keeps the love in and the rubbish out. But a closed heart keeps the rubbish in and the love out. And what the Father wants us to do is let the rubbish out and let the love in and then guard it, guard that treasure to really steward what the Father has done inside of us. See, the Father wants us to open our heart. And for some of us, that is a challenge that's difficult because of the pain and the wounding, wounding we've experienced. But if we can just take that little step, I want to assure you, I want to guarantee you, that you take that little step and say, here I am, Father. You know, here I am in desperate need. Will you pour your love into my heart? You know, and he sees our heart and that's a prayer he loves to answer. You know, Father, pour your love into my heart. He just, that's what he loves to hear. That's what he wants to. And then he responds and he, report, he pours his love into our hearts. See, it's taking that little step of faith, which is responding to the perfect and complete expression of love. You know, and Jesus often took little children and, and brought them and, uh, in front of him and said, you know, it's only when you come as a child that you can enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Father, I thank you that you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and you've revealed them to, the, to such as these, to those with a childlike heart. Yes, Father, that was your good pleasure. That's what you were pleased to do. You see, and very often the question I ask people when, when I'm, I'm talking to them and ministering to them, is to say, can you come? Can you come as a little child who needs to be loved? Can you come as a little boy or can you come as a little girl? Just with that simplicity and that dependency of heart that says, Father, here I am. You know, I'm laying aside my pride. I'm laying aside my independence. I'm coming to you as a little child. I'm coming to you in need of an encounter with you. And for some people that's hard. For some people that question, can you come as a little child, is very offensive. But I want to encourage you that if you can, you, you actually come with an open heart in that innocence and dependence and trust on who the Father is to you. 
and he will pour his love into your heart. And so I just want to encourage you as we, we finish this session is to take time. I don't believe this is a, a session that needs a lot of intellectual discussion. I believe this is a session that, that needs us to simply take time and say, Father, here I am. Maybe put on some music. There's a music video on my website. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a video, a song called I Will Run Into Your Open Waiting Arms. Maybe just play one of those. Maybe just put your hand, if, you, if you're together in a group, just sit quietly, put some music on. Put your hand on your heart and just say, Father, pour your love into my heart right now. And just stay in his presence and allow him to soak you with his love. At the end of Job, the end of the book of Job, and Job's had that encounter with God. In Job 42 verse 5, he says this, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. See, he knew all about God, but he had an encounter with who God was to him. When we see with the eyes of our mind, we see what God does. But when we see with the eyes of our heart, we see who he is. And he is our father. And he wants to be a father to you.